0: G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Phil, Phil Muscatello. I've I've got many interviews in the can ready for release which uh, suddenly don't seem very relevant. As Warren Buffett said, Mr Market is a kind of drunken psycho and he's particularly florid at the moment. I've suspended normal transmission and will be instead focusing on current market conditions as they unfold. We'll do that until Mr Market is safely restrained in a padded cell. So I've asked Rob Gilmore, my guest on the very first episode, to come back in and share his views as of today, Wednesday, March 18, just before the market opens. G'day, Rob. G'day, Phil. (laughs) How are you? Good, good. So um, there's obviously a lot of noise at the moment, but today we're going to discuss what's going on and how to look a little bit beyond all that noise.
1: Look, that's right. I think it is important to try and look through the noise. And in order to do that, it's trying to get a good grip. And understanding on what we're dealing with
0: yeah so what are we dealing with you've got um, some views there
1: really there's probably three factors to what markets are trying to come to grips with and what we generally as a society are trying to come to grips with and it started obviously with the, the health crisis and the the outbreak of coronavirus in in china and markets were quite sanguine for, for a period of time while this was going on and Highly complacent, but the impact of the health crisis is real. We've seen a lot of headlines saying it's just like the flu, and for most people, it will be. You know, the numbers are about 80%, it'll be just very mild. But the real thing. And the real panic or, or concern here is is the other twenty percent, where you know, ten to fifteen percent will need higher levels of care, and then there's five percent that will need intensive care. And when you start to extrapolate those numbers off the back of a, a virus that can spread very very quickly because of the the long incubation period, and if you start to see numbers being infected in the millions, then that ten to fifteen and five percent starts to translate into some pretty serious numbers on the health system. So governments have responded as a result of that. A pandemic has been declared. And normally when you get a pandemic declared, the the focus switches from containment to management. And I think a lot of people out there have underestimated what management of this is. Containment is obviously trying to, to, to lock it down and stop it spreading. Management in this scenario to protect the health system is also a degree of containment, but trying to slow it and in order to do that, we don't have an immunity to something like this. It's prone to spread very quickly. So in effect, it feels like containment now that we're being told uh, not to go to public events, potential restrictions coming through in terms of attending pubs and restaurants and a real impact on our, on our daily lives. So that health crisis has brought about an economic crisis. You start to get that translating into the broader economy when people don't spend money. And it has a real impact on business cash flow. We're seeing it in tourism. We've had the double hit from the bushfires and this is far worse. So when you're getting the demand and the economy shutting down, you're having that impact on employment, that is recessionary. Because,
0: so, because it's real. It's so much fear. And you can uh, tell from people uh, that they, they're really feeling the anxiety.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, and if you read the headlines... Uh, you've got to be very careful about reading the headlines because what you read in the press, it's biased. It's there to sell papers. It's sensationalist. I think we've probably all been a little bit guilty of underestimating it knowing now that it's hitting our shores and, and the severity of the, of the lockdowns. It's definitely more than the flu. But ultimately, yeah. it is still a temporary mm. short to medium-term shock to, to the economy that's going on. And we'll get through it stronger on the other side there will be a rebound and it'll probably be a a fairly quick rebound as markets have reacted very, very quickly to what's been a a, a, a shock. I say a shock, but it took a while for the markets to (laughs) see it as a shock. But they've reacted very quickly to the downside and equally when the recovery comes, I think it'll be fairly swift in in the markets as well.
0: Are you you old enough to remember the last recession that we had in Australia?
1: Not the last. I do remember Paul Keating saying the recession that we yeah, yeah. need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in London during the GFC, so... I
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, say so you saw, the, you saw it I mean, saw a recession, and yeah. that's when I came yeah. back to Australia and thought, well, it's a bit of a bubble so here So what's
0: it, what's it like? Because in my Twitter feed, I've been talking to some younger people who are saying, does anyone know what a recession is like? Can you tell us what it's like?
1: Well, I remember when Lehman Brothers collapsed and there's basically people got their got their notice straight away and they're walking out the the door with their with their box and all their belongings. I remember what like I,
0: instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I remember a run on the Northern Rock bank over in the UK and people queuing at the door trying to get their savings out of a bank because they thought the bank was going to fail.
0: Mm.
1: I remember the impact that it had on housing in in London, the rental market in London. Luckily, in the UK, there were a lot of people that had uh, tracker mortgages and their mortgages followed interest rates down and some people actually had a negative mortgage. <laughs> Quite a strange phenomenon. But no, the impact was widespread. It was widespread in Europe as well. Europe was pretty uh, hard hit. And obviously, it was, it was tough in, in America. Mm. But in Australia, we managed to ride it out through our relationship with China and yeah through a bit of bit of luck yeah but it was a very different environment in Australia uh, when I when (laughs) I came out compared to what we'd been seeing overseas
0: I'm old enough to have gone through three recessions I think Mm -hmm. in my lifetime but um, what I've been saying is in the last recession in 91 92 that was when I started my recording studio business I'd opened the doors as the recession was happening I lost my major client just as the door was opened as well but Still managed to last for eleven years and thrived at uh, many times in that period.
1: Yeah, and that's right. It's really uh, you've got to ride that. Take the good times with with the bad, and hopefully, you know, the bad in this scenario it'll it'll be short. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the problem that we're dealing with. We know that it can be managed yep. mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah, and uh, life will get back to normal. We do know that. At the moment, it feels pretty horrible, but. It is a transition and there will be recovery on the other side. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of damage that's that's done in the meantime. And that's a result of companies out there that are overextended, companies out there that are more susceptible to the drop in demand. And that's and, and going all, to be an unfortunate And all people,
0: like I was saying before about my daughter, um, suddenly she hasn't got any work. She works in event management. There's no work. Mm. And that's going to impact a lot of... Uh, a lot of young people and a lot of people who are, um, live from paycheck to paycheck.
1: Absolutely, and that that permeates all through the economy. Mm. Uh, unemployment is 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 going to spike, and again, it will be temporary, but it will, it will will be hard. That obviously has an impact in a a country where household debt's fairly high as well, mm. or very high.
0: And we're seeing th- we're seeing these huge dy- gyrations in the market at the moment, and. They are quite unusual in terms of the history and the share market. We've
1: probably seen the quickest onset of a bear market in history and that is naturally causing a lot of concern and a lot of stress and panic selling. Uh, we're also seeing a lot of things in the system unwind and it's being exacerbated by things like uh, excessive leverage or debt. Yep. So as soon as markets go down, those in the market that have debts to cover have to sell. We're seeing broad-based selling as a result of exchange-traded funds. So when people pull their money out, it's everything gets sold, exacerbated further by some exchange-traded funds that are leveraged. So that exacerbates the falls. And we've also seen an oil crisis thrown in there as well.
0: Yeah, not which, forgetting the oil crisis, which we discussed in the last episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. so a black swan event being coronavirus and the second black swan event being an oil crisis now ordinarily the oil price and and what's going on would be capturing a lot of the financial market headlines but the reality is that's a sideshow yep. compared to what we're seeing on the streets and the economic consequences of the coronavirus
0: Okay, so that's looking behind the reasons uh, for what's going on at the moment. People listening to this program, what should they be thinking about in their own personal situation and their response to um, the way the markets are operating at the moment?
1: Most important thing in these times is you don't need to panic sell. You hold on and you write it out. Hopefully you've got some...
0: But that's the main thing, isn't it? If you don't have to sell, don't sell right now. Absolutely. That's that's a main piece of advice, isn't it? Look, that's...
1: One of the mistakes a lot of people made during the GFC. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When they sold, they actually crystallized their loss. And when they sold, they thought, well, we'll sell now and we'll wait until the coast is clear and then I'll get back into the market." Well, the reality is if you're waiting until the coast is clear, the market's already gone. Yeah. And that was quite clear in the, in the GFC. So when you get to that point of peak fear and when things are so bad, then that's possibly your time to actually, oh, it's uncomfortable, but to invest. Now, you'll never pick that. But if you're thinking about things from a long-term perspective and you're buying into this market because you can and you've got that long-term view, then okay, you might buy an asset and you've gotta be looking for quality in this environment. You've gotta be thinking good assets, good income, something that you really want in your portfolio for a long time. If you buy now and okay, the market goes down another 20%, you've gotta be prepared for that. But thinking, well, if I buy this now, I know in five or 10 years time, this is gonna be a great asset that I want in my portfolio. So- That you got at a great price. You got at a great price. Yeah. Now, you, you may not get it at the lowest price. That's the reality. Um, but looking through that noise and being selective through this period of time and keeping that long-term view as an investor, not a speculator, is
0: is really important. And this current crisis is different uh, fundamentally to the GFC.
1: This is not a GFC, no. The GFC was a financial crisis and the GFC unfolded very, very slowly as a result of this contagion within the financial system brought about the American subprime collapse in mortgages over there. And gradually it infected the whole financial system. And you're talking about a scenario there where the 10 biggest banks in the world were insolvent or they didn't know whether each other was insolvent. And so the banks, the banks didn't trust each other. And the banks wouldn't deal with each other because they didn't know the underlying exposures that you know, a bank might have had. And then Bear Stearns collapsed, Lehman Brothers collapsed. And then that's where the central banks sort of realized, oh, we, we better step in and stop this and back up our banks. And that unfolded over a very well, a much longer period of time. But we're not dealing with that now. What we're dealing with now is more of an economic crisis it's a growth crisis it's a demand shock brought about the health crisis and this is a different approach so here we're seeing companies under stress not the banks now at the moment the banks are well capitalized much 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 stronger than when they were in the gfc they have a lot of liquidity so The issue is not the banks. The banks can continue functioning and loaning to the economy. Central banks are acutely aware of the importance of the financial system and the banks. And that's why we've seen the Federal Reserve, the RBA acting very, very quickly to provide liquidity into the system. And the Federal Reserve has recently come out with cuts to interest rates and massive amounts of liquidity into the system to keep the financial system running. So they've seen this before in the GFC. They know what to do to keep the system going. But even if the Federal Reserve has done all that and they did that on the weekend, yet we saw the US market fall 12% on Monday. That was a beauty, wasn't it? <laughs> and that, that, that we're used to sort of in the financial crisis, the, the central bank coming in and providing liquidity. The The bad news is good news because we know the central banks are going to pump the system and asset prices are going to go up. That's not what we're dealing with here because the markets are actually looking at the economy and they're seeing the damage done to the economy and the damage done to corporate earnings and the potential uh, defaults that may occur in the credit markets. So the markets are focused on the economy. Now, central banks are propping up the financial system and the banks. It's now up to governments to pull out the purse and support the economy and jobs, and companies. So in this scenario, we're going to be seeing company bailouts. Uh, We're going to see fiscal policy being used to support households to get the economy through what is ultimately a transitionary scenario as we get over this health crisis. So it is a transitionary... um, Things are going to get better, aren't they? They are. They absolutely are. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a model sort of a model in China. China was first in and they're first out. And the Chinese response to this has been excellent, but it's also very unique to China. Now, the fact that China was first in and first out is really, really important for the global economy because initially when we had fears around this virus, it was, well, China makes all the goods. If China shuts down, where are all the goods going to come from? And that's going to be a supply-side shock to the world. And that's what we were worried about. Well, China brought that virus under control and they're getting back to work. Now, that's really important. It's really important because it does take away some of that supply-side shock. Um, But it also shows that there is a, I guess, a template for how the rest of the world can handle it. But I think ultimately the rest of the world, particularly the United States, won't handle it as well as China. And we would expect the rest of the world will take longer to get through that other side. But it is ultimately a temporary economic shock that we're facing. Markets at the moment don't understand it. And when they have uncertainty and don't understand it, they overreact and they react very, very quickly. And they will overshoot. But ultimately, when you start to see markets look through that and and begin to quantify what the economic impacts are, they will start to look through
0: it the market improving i've heard some investors are saying that we can't possibly even start to look at moving back into the market until at least the next reporting season because until then we won't have clarity on the actual numbers
1: i don't think the market will wait for a reporting season to respond i think the market will react to other things like reducing infection rates or developments in treatments. I think the market expects results to be really bad. I think the markets are pricing in the worst case scenario. And in actual fact, perversely, you might see companies report results that are horrible, but it might be better than the market expects. So you might see you know, a rally when these results are reported. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's hard to say. And I don't think you want to be trying to rush into the market too quickly
0: we are in a bear market so so how should people be responding to this market i mean there's everyone's saying okay there's opportunities but what's the safest uh, risk-free way of approaching that
1: well firstly the safest risk-free way of approaching this is don't sell obviously there might be some people out there that are forced to and hopefully you're not in that position because you don't have debt and you've got a balanced portfolio so that's probably rule number one and people will probably be getting that advice and it's it's good advice and in terms of approaching the market taking a long-term view is important and picking the bottom uh, is is impossible so i don't think you want to be rushing into this and i think it will depend really on your outlook in terms of what might transpire over the next month three months or six months and i think it will really depend on ultimately how long this goes on for now we know we've got the model in china where it it probably took a month for them to really
0: get through the worst of it and incredible, start to get back to work. Incredible time period, isn't it? Really? It,
1: it is. And and China's back at about 80% now. Mm-hmm. So they went into this in January. They're back at about 80%. And we know that from traffic congestion, electricity consumption, pollution levels, the Chinese factories are are getting back to work, which is which is great. Let's hope they don't start to see infection rates take off again. That would be... That would, would be a terrible scenario. But if you look at the time frame that China's managed to do it, if you believe all the numbers, and I think you've always got to put a caveat on, on numbers out of China, but the reality is they are getting back to work. You look at how they did it, I would expect the rest of the world it will take longer because they've not got the same control and they're not as prepared. So China's probably your best case scenario in terms of a time frame, which you look at about a month or, or two, a bad quarter. China will probably have a good second quarter. And you might see the rest of the world um, now have maybe a bad two quarters uh, at least as you as you get through it. Back to approaching the market, it's not over. And we're, we're probably now getting into the, the thick of the storm in terms of seeing the, the real economic impact. But like I said earlier, when things get really bad and really gloomy, that's probably when the market will, will actually turn and think okay we need to look we need to look through this and look forward and start to price in okay better times in the third quarter and the fourth quarter of, of the year so really as an approach it's about trying to pick quality assets in this period of time knowing that you're buying a good asset for the long term produces income a great business that you want to own and you may not get it for the lowest price but if you're gradually picking these up through a bear market, you will do well. But it's about looking for that quality um, as you're trying to navigate a very volatile market. Picking the bottom is, is impossible. And waiting for the bottom uh, is you know one of those uh, scenarios that if you wait for the coast to be clear, markets have already taken off. So uh, I think it's sort of a case of gradually averaging
0: into into this market. So you think uh, dollar cost averaging is possibly a good scenario to start into this at the moment?
1: Oh, look, if you've got assets there that you really like and you're seeing them uh, at a lower price, then averaging into particular uh, investments is absolutely a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at uh, particular anomalies in the market, we're seeing listed investment companies with quality underlying assets trading at big discounts. And that's not just equity assets. You know, We're looking uh, at fixed interest assets. So we're seeing big discounts on some of these investments because at the moment, it's a propensity to just sell. And there are sellers out there that need to get cash, and they might be just looking to get cash to put into equities. So there are a lot of anomalies out there at the moment where you can pick up assets at at a discount. And I know we will look back at this time and say, oh, wow, that was a great time to buy something like that. So um, I'll, just, I'll just I'll just mention
0: I'll just mention at this point that um, on next week um, I've got Steve Bull coming in again. He's from uh, ETF Watch, a blog about ETFs, and that's one of the major, major points that he's made in this um, this current market. That there's a lot of listed investment companies that their net a, net asset value can go up and down, and there's a lot of these that are uh, trading at a substantial discount to the net asset value.
1: Yeah. And so if you can buy a basket of assets at a discount to what they're worth, then that sounds like a great deal to me. Yeah. You do need to understand what the assets are mm-hmm. and how they're valued. Um, so that's very, very important. But the listed investment companies in particular tend to get hit hard in this environment. A lot of them are not as liquid as, as other uh, investments. And so when there's no buyers out there, you do see a real downside shock.
0: Okay, so we'll have a bit more in the next episode about uh, listed investment companies. What about, um, you're talking about getting into single stocks or single kind of assets, but um, are ETFs worthwhile thinking about at this stage Um, as a way of averaging in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, You know, it's probably the easiest way. It is the easiest way for a
0: lot of people, especially if you don't don't know, haven't got the research on a particular company that you can actually identify as being a great bargain at the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you probably want to be sticking to the the big uh, ETFs staying away from the leveraged ones and the synthetic ones mm-hmm. but it's a great way of getting into a market and buying buying the market generally and it's a very easy way of of averaging into the market
0: what's the easiest way of identifying if it's leveraged or synthetic as opposed to a vanilla ETF
1: well sometimes it'll have leverage written on the on the on the tin so there is a there is a leveraged S P five hundred ETF out there and basically what that is is it, it uses debt to get the exposure and magnify gains but also magnify losses. So they're normally they're normally labelled as leveraged and so you know that you're going into a geared or leveraged product.
0: But for a but, for a beginner, obviously, you wanna just go for your your stock standard vanilla ETF.
1: Well that's just an easy way of getting into yeah. the market really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can look at different ETFs out there that will buy a particular market like the ASX 200 or the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or you can look at diversified ETFs that are out there now that will just buy one particular ETF that has a balance of, of different uh, underlying ETFs there so you're getting a more balanced approach that might have some international might have some Australian may even have some bonds in there so that's also a great way of effectively buying a diversified portfolio of ETFs. And there, there are a number of those out there now, which are a great way to get access
0: to the market. Have you got a final message for listeners, possibly one of optimism?
1: Well, absolutely. I think it's always important to have perspective. And I think during this period of time, most important is, is this health and safety of our families and that we look after each other and, and take note of the precautions because the threat is, is, is real. But it is also temporary. And that's really important to focus on, that we will look back on this period of heightened stress and fear, and we will get through it. And we will probably get through it better and stronger. Economies do need to go into recession uh, as part of the normal cycle. And while it will hurt and it'll be painful at the time, we will come out... (laughs)
0: that's okay bear's giving an optimistic he's agreeing
1: with me so we will come out with this uh, better and the recovery will be there and the recovery will be strong and it will happen in in markets and I do think we are in a time where it is a great time to be investing in the share market where the risk reward is now much better than what it was a couple of months ago (laughs) I tell you so um, that's uh, a reason to be optimistic even while they were in dark times at the moment
0: Rob, thank you very much for coming on and giving us this update. A pleasure. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Sulos for music production with that special Greek delicious flavour. Remember, music always flows even when the money won't.